All right, we are recording and we're going to begin in five, four, three, two, one. George, I should let you do the introduction because I'm so mad right now. <laughs> Guys, if we sound like garbage, we're having some extreme technical difficulties. I'm up here. Oh, it's just disgusting. So the sound quality probably is not the best, but we're going to work with what we have. So anyway, I'm more. <laughs> Moya. I'm Georgia. <laughs> with How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, our normal, and we don't have the best uh, sound quality. We're working on that. It's all coming, but you know, we have what we have, and then that, so that's not doing what we want to do. So we up here, I mean, literally with bubble gum and shoestring and tape trying to get, uh, record the podcast. So anyway, um, I'm so I'm discombobulated. I can't. I don't even remember what movie we're doing. Okay, so Georgia, take it away, cause I'm my my mind. I'm still mad at our techers having trouble. You got it, Moya. My pleasure. We are doing Marjorie Morningstar from 1958. Yes. And I think that the timing is really interesting because this is our podcast before Valentine's Day. And if you are in the mood for a movie that I think just about every woman can relate to then you've got to see Marjorie Morningstar because it is full of life lessons. There are so many in this. But I'm going to start with um, who's starring and uh, the plot. So let's take it away. The director is Irving Rapper, and he was Betty Davis's favorite director. He directed her in Now Voyager and The Corn is Green. The movie is based on the 1955 best-selling novel of the same name by Herman Woke. And it stars Natalie Wood. This is her breakout role that made her a star. She had previously been in Miracle on 34th Street. She did Rebel Without a Cause before this one. She would go on to do West Side Story, Splendor in the Grass, and Gypsy. <laughs> Sorry, again, technical difficulties. Go ahead, Georgia. <laughs> That's okay. Her co-star is Gene Kelly. And as you know, Gene Kelly is famous for being uh, primarily known as a dancer, but he was also a great actor, and he did Singing in the Rain and American in Paris, among many other movies. We also have Claire Trevor playing the mother. Uh, her dad is played by Edward Sloan. We've got Ed Wynn as the uncle. Uh, we've got uh, Martin Milner from Adam 12 and Route 66 playing a love interest. We've got Carolyn Jones. You will recognize her from the Adams family. We've also got Martin Balsam as the doctor who dates uh, Marjorie. We've got George. You will recognize him. If you ever watch Bewitched, he played Abner Kravitz, the next door neighbor. And we also have Jesse White. And you will recognize him as the Maytag repairman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's been in a lot of uh, movies and televisions, but mainly television. That's right. So, to set this up for everybody, this is set in New York in the 1950s and actually uh it's supposed to be the catskills uh it was actually filmed in the adirondacks so we have a young college student named marjorie morgan stern 
and she is from an upper middle class Jewish family, and she wants to pursue a career as an actress, much to the dismay of her family. They're very upwardly mobile, and they want her to marry a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> so, so she meets Noel Ehrman, played by Gene Kelly, and he is an aspiring playwright. He's been involved as the musical director at one of these, uh, what do you call it, summer camps. And so he is not a practicing Jew, and he warns Marjorie very early on that she is way too naive and conventional for him. And the movie takes off as we see Marjorie try to forge her own path and her separate identity, and she finds out who she is in the process and what she really wants. This is beautifully photographed. So if you love to see uh, New York uh, in the Adirondacks, uh, it was shot on location there. And um, the she was also actively dating and she was engaged. She became engaged, I think maybe even married to Robert Wagner at that time. And so there's a lot going on about this movie because originally when they were going to make it into a movie, they wanted to have Marlon Brando and Elizabeth Taylor play the lead roles. However, they also offered this movie to Paul Newman. Uh, he didn't end up playing it, obviously. He, he turned it down. And Danny Kaye was also offered the role, and he turned it down because he felt it was too Jewish. Too um, Jewish? And, really? Uh, <laughs> And also, Marjorie's parents, at one time, considered to play their parts, were Betty Davis and Edward G. Robinson. All right. Well, now we're talking. Now we're talking. We got Betty in the house. Now we're talking. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, so, wasn't Danny K. Okay. Jewish? Isn't he Jewish? He is Jewish. And he's... he turned it down because he said it was too Jewish. Okay. need to remember about uh, the studio system because most of the producers from the 1920s to the 1960s were Jewish because li look at the names here we've got Louis B. Mayer, we've got Marcus Lowe, Adolph Zucor we've got Harry Cohn, the Warner Brothers Samuel Goldwyn so I, to me it's so ironic that you have Jewish immigrants They when they portray Jewish characters they are de-emphasizing and marginalizing them to be less Jewish uh, in the movies that they adapted from plays and novels. So to me, this is a very curious thing to kind of water it down. But on the other hand, one of the most remarkable things about this movie is that it was the first movie since The Jazz Singer in 1927 to feature a Jewish main character and to include observations of Jewish religious uh, scenes such as there's a bar mitzvah and then there's also a Passover Seder mm -hmm. in this movie. So this does bring bring this out and then there's also a mention of the fact that Morgan Stern, when you translate it, Morgan Stern means morning star mm. and Noel Ehrman's name E-H-R-M-A-N-N -E -E that's the correct spelling of it but he prefers to anglicize it to Ehrman. Well, yeah, well, he wasn't Jewish, was he? He was just like, that was like just a German name or something like that? Well, a lot of uh, German names are Jewish. They're mm -hmm. German-Jewish. I mean, they're 
like let, let me I said that backwards. A lot of Jewish names, they're German. There were Jews living in Germany, right? So they had German sound, the German names. Yeah, but they translate. Yeah, but you can tell if there's an M A N, it's usually Jewish. But if it's M A double N, then it's German. Okay, so he because he in the story he wasn't Jewish. He well he and he was, you know, he wasn't religious at all. His character, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He, he was his background was Jewish, but he did not observe. He was not. Uh, oh, so he was Jewish. Jewish. He was. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't. I missed that. I thought he wasn't Jewish. I thought he wasn't yeah. like anything. Like you know. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a very underlying theme because in this movie, because it's so much about uh, customs and choices and. You know, the culture, a lot of it is. So that's a very underlying thing in this movie. Um, so I, to me, this movie is in many ways a forerunner to the movie that was made with um, Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze. Also, it takes place in the cast. Yeah, yeah. I have never seen that, by the way. I've seen Bits and Pieces, Dirty Dancing. I've never seen it, though. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, you gotta see Dirty Dancing. Okay, well we should we should do Dirty Dancing. Definitely add that to the to the list. Oh my gosh, that's a big move for my family. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> so yes, you can see if you how they the two of them relate. Also, if you have ever seen, there's a, a series um, on cable and it's called um, the um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, and all that has that has some links to this movie because um it's it's like it takes place in the new york catskills there's an emphasis on social class and that sort of thing like this movie has so mm-hmm. you can see some links with the marvelous mrs Maisel as well okay and conflicting values um so um i have to say okay with with these characters in in, in this movie um i felt that Okay, Natalie Wood in her first adult role, um, I thought she, this is her first time as a, as a leading lady, and she's 20 years old when she's doing this. Mm-hmm. And in contrast, we've got Gene uh, Kelly. He's supposed to play somebody who's in his mid-30s. Actually, he was 46. Yeah, I know that old goat was old. I could tell he was old. <laughs> Yeah, you can wear one or two pay though, can't you? Yeah, it was a bad one, too. I could tell that wrong. He's got... Yeah. I agree with you, boy. It wasn't a good one. But I have to say this about him, though. I mean, there's something about him. I mean, this is a very complex role. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't play a likable guy. He's right. He's charming. Oh, so charming. And he even exudes, like, a certain amount of yeah. animal magnetism. In the mm-hmm. pants scene and in the tight pants, I'm going, okay, I can see attracted to 
his seeming sophistication and being a nonconformist. And, you know, this guy's all about, hey, it's my way or the highway, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he tells her right off the bat, I am not interested in marrying you or anybody. Right. But that stop our heroine. <laughs> Marjorie Morgan doesn't stop her. <laughs> And unfortunately, it doesn't stop a lot of a lot of uh, young ladies too. But I, I'll wait till you finish. Well, you know, Gene Kelly doesn't have to dance to be sexy, right? Uh, you know, and everything about him is irresistible. I am such a big Gene Kelly fan. Oh, okay. And he, he's the sort of man you never get out of your system. I mean, mm. his inner demons are—they're captivating. So you want to help him. Just as much as Natalie does in this movie, you you do. But in a now, way, wait, are you talking about Gene Kelly now? Or are you talking about his character? I'm talking about Gene Kelly. Oh, okay. Not the character. No. Okay. The character I didn't find that likable. Mm-hmm. But Gene Kelly, I do find likable. So you say he had demons and all that kind of stuff too? Yeah, I felt that he had these inner demons, oh. and even though she can see them, she still wants to help him. And when we're going, yeah, we'd like to see him overcome those. But, you know, we, just like the mom, there's a scene there where the mom is kind of interviewing him or interrogating him. She has him pegged, and you can see it. Yes. I I get that. Um, And, you know, she has, this is about, you know, an age where you have, like, you're young and you're starting out and you just had this education and you've got all these choices that lay before you. You know, I mean, you you feel like you've got the world by the tail at that age, you mm-hmm. know. But there is there's some things though about this age that are very troubling that a lot of people don't understand or know about, and it's hard to put into words. But I'm going to try. Okay, when you are pretty and when you are nice, people sometimes either are envy you or they want to take advantage of you, and so. As a young girl, you don't see all these traps and these fates that lay in front of you. You don't realize it and you don't see it. This comes with age and maturity. And Nat- and Natalie Wood's character, she has got to go. Unfortunately, she's got to learn the hard What? That this is what happens when you f- fall for a man and, you know, the man doesn't have the same goals that you have. Mm. And I, I was just really very impressed by this movie's being so candid about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's that's how it is when you're young like this. You don't you don't see it because you don't realize that just because you love each other. It's not meant to be. Everybody feels that, like, when you're in love, well, he loves me, I love him. It's meant to be. And that's one of the biggest lessons, I think, that's in this movie. Yeah, very well said. Let me ask you, what did you think about Marjorie's relationship with her parents, especially her father? Tell me about that relationship. You know, in many ways, I thought it was sweet, especially towards the end where he wants to be protective of her and bring her home when she's seen this huge, where she sees this major heartbreak that she's faced. I don't want to give away any plot points, but he he also apologizes that he wishes he'd been there for her more. In many ways, they kind of spoiled her, and I think he sees that, that they, you know, wanted to give her everything. 
And there's part of something in him being a dad where he wants to give her everything, but he also wants to protect her mm-hmm. from everything. Yeah. And, and so I, I liked the role of the dad because I thought his heart was in the right place. Yeah. Um, what about her and her mom? Wow. Okay. Claire Trevor, the her one mom- and only Claire Trevor. I love Claire. That's the reason why I looked at this because it was Claire Trevor. Playing a mom, I think, for the first kind of, uh, you know, because she's not old, but older. But yeah, playing playing the mom. I thought she does an excellent job of playing the uh, Jewish mother who is saying, I, you know, I'm. she's very upwardly mobile and she's very uh, much about... Um, social status mm-hmm. and you know she's the one who's saying you know you can you know i think you can do better get a doctor or a lawyer and she's trying to like propel her in that direction and she doesn't really understand her desire to be an actress although they are very supportive i think yeah but um she she wants her to just have the traditional role of being a 1950s like get married and have kids she wants mm-hmm. her to do that and marjorie i think has a lot of courage a lot of guts and says no i i want to forge my own path but uh but Claire Trevor is the mom. I think she really plays the role extremely well. Uh, she she is very convincing as I like you know she she goes to she talks to uh, Gene Kelly's character Noel Airman and just flat out says I want to know you know what you've got going on. She exposes she exposes the fact that. You're at this age and you're still a camp counselor. <laughs> she, she tries to expose him as being like an underachiever and also the fact that he doesn't embrace his Jewishness. So mm-hmm. she exposes all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I liked how this portrayal of Jewish the Jewish family, because in the past you know, prior to the fifties, they were always to me so stereotypical, you know, with the, with the accent and, 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 uh, you know, you know, you know, people have accents and, you know, people came from other parts of the world, but they always had them as a caricature. Like they did with black people. You know, we were either shucking and jiving or, you know, scratching our head. Yeah. As a boss, poor grammar. And so, and, 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 you know, um, Movie studios back then, they were equal opportunity offenders. <laughs> if that's a word, of offenders, I should say offender. That's the right word. <laughs> um, yeah, they would offend everybody, you know, because if you were German, you act this way. If you were blind, you act this way. And, you know, to a certain degree, they're still doing it today. But I really appreciated, had they not had uh, the Seder and the, and the, um, and, and, uh, you know, put on the, the Seder. Yeah. The bar mitzvah. I wouldn't have known they were Jewish, you know, and, um, cause they, cause Morgan Stone, well, I've heard the name out of thought. Cause of course, Rhoda, we all remember Rhoda from, uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. That was her last, Mary Tyler Moore show. That was her last name, Morgan Stern. And, you know, of course she was Jewish and proud as she should be. And so, but had, had the movie just been Morningstar without, I would have never, thought they were Jewish because how Hollywood, so I used to portray Jewish families in the past. I really appreciated them not doing that stereotypical Jewish family and a nagging mother and a dad always, you know, like he had about to have a conniption fit and, you know, just, I, I, you know, it's the stereotypes. It's really, it's overdone and it's, it's enough of that. 
they were a, an American fam, upwardly mobile family. So I appreciated that. Um, now let's talk about the other characters. What did you think about Marsha? Uh, uh, what's her name? Played by Carolyn Jones, and we all know her as Morticia from the Adams family. Adams family is, is back in the. They blowing up right now. They have a lot going on. They're back in the mainstream. I love the old time Adams family. I haven't seen the new one, but anyway. Um, with the show Wednesday that's on Netflix. Anyway, um, yeah, so Carolyn Jones with those huge Betty Davis. I think she out Betty Davis, Betty Davis eyes, if you can do it. She has some um, moon eyes. What do you think about Marsha's character? Well, you know, she comes across as like very worldly. And I like the way she's so wisecracking and all that. And mm -hmm. she kind of like dares her. She's the friend that gets her to come out of her comfort zone. But then again, I felt that... <laughs> To be perfectly honest, like, <laughs> you know, she's getting married and she has like a case of the, you know, wedding jitters and yeah. all that. You see it. She wants Mar Marjorie there to be with her. I mean, I thought, now come on. I think you could do better than the Maytag repairman. <laughs> oh, that's what you thought? Was, no, that's what you thought? No, that's what you thought? She could do better than the Maytag repairman? I thought so, but he, he said that he was, he brings out something really interesting because she says, you know, he's going to be able to give me everything I want, you know, when it comes to being able to support me Yeah, and he's kind to me. So in a way she, she's like settling is the, is how I feel about her character because, you know, she's going to be well taken care of, Yeah, you know, and he's not, but I didn't, was it like a true love match? Was she like, it, what, did it, was it hot? Like, you know, she says, man, I wish I had somebody who was really hot like Noel Airman, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's what I thought about her character. But she was fun. I thought she was one of the oh, best yeah. reasons to watch. Yeah, I, so this is my take on Marsha. And why I chose this movie, guys, so just, you know, you can look at the whole movie, but to me, the movie didn't really start getting substantive until... About a little after she graduated, Marjorie. That's when it really got into the to the uh, meat and potatoes of the story, I think. But anyway, with Marsha, something you just say that she was that she uh may have been settling for the Maytag, uh, and he was not. We calling him that, <laughs> but that's what he's known for back in the day, being the um, Maytag mayor man. But it's Jesse White played Lou Michelson, who's rich. He's older than her. Um, you know she she maybe about, what, 10 years or something like that. But this is what I got out of that, Georgia. She wasn't settling for him. He was selling for her. And and, ah. and, 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 and I'm going to go shout out to the Manosphere, you know, because who the hell was she? She was some struggling little New York, whatever she was. She, ain't had, she could literally offer this man nothing but her, the little youth she had left. And I guess she could still make kids. But she was some little pole broke. I mean, she she was not on his level. So and and he was not a good looking guy. So y'all can look at the movie. I mean, he's an older guy. He's not the great greatest looking guy. But what I hope women take and please, please, young women, look at Marjorie Morningstar. You're either gonna be Marjorie or Marsha or Imogene. Um, you might be the mom. I don't know. But those three young ladies, and we'll talk about Imogene real quick. Um, in a second, but 
Marsha made a real, I and I think, a really smart business decision because she knew that wall. She had like maybe 10 more seconds before she hit the wall and she got out with a golden parachute. She And so this guy caped for her. He saved her, Lou Michelson. So, um, yeah, I, I and she written like, I love the speech. Like I said, right before the wedding, she having wedding jitters. And she and she gives to me, uh, Natalie was some horrible advice. She and she says all this horrible advice. And she say, Oh, but what do I know? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you know, because and then this advice kind of helps uh, uh, run Natalie Wood back to the arms of Gene Kelly. And just real quick, so what I think about Gene Kelly, I I I know you said he wasn't a the. Uh, you, you thought he was a bad character. Georgia, I thought he was just a typical artist, self-centered, narcissistic, uh, you know, self-absorbed, that most artists are. And, and he would have sucked Marjorie dry of all her youth and vitality, climbing up the ladder of success, and dumped her. Or married her and tortured her. You know, like we like, uh, you know, like, like I said, like most artists do. I mean, you know, and not saying they're evil people, but that's just who a lot of artists are. Um, and, but he was honest with her, Georgia. Yeah. He never yeah. led her on, and I like what you said. And that, and we've all been in that twenty-year-old um mind. I'm in love, you know. But so let's talk about the men for for a minute. I'll go back to Emma Jean's character. Well, let me see. Do you do you understand what I'm saying about Marsha? Do you what do, what do you think about what I'm saying about Marsha? I agree with you, Moya. I thought you really nailed it because it wasn't her selling for him; it was him selling for her in many ways. And, uh, yeah, what did she bring to the table? You're right. Right. And that's yeah. a big conversation now that women and need to get into their heads. Men always are like what they call a high. See, Lou Michelson was what they call now high high value man. And you always say a high value man. He'll go marry a little young waitress or whatever she is, a little young clerk or intern. Because what does he want from her? He wants her her youth. Her femininity. He wants to have kids, and he wants her to be cooperative. But when you get past, I'm gonna say past 28 and on, girl, you you might as well hang it up because you're you're getting set in your ways. The biological clock is ticking, and I don't make the rules. That's just how men are. Um, and like I said, Marsha, she saw the clock was ticking, and she and so she gave this big old speech. Oh, I'm gonna marry Lou, and I'm gonna be so alone. Blah blah blah. You got no. But she had been through the nose of the world, okay? And she was still lonely. But now she'll actually have a husband and so a dude with some money. And I don't I don't think it was a gold digger type thing, it was a business decision. So and 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 I, you know, and I think with Noel, I got a young hot broad and he could get some kids out of it and have a wife and 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 we saw later on in the story that she would be a good wife for him. She was going to be an asset because unlike a lot of these dumb bras today, you got to know your role with with any man, but especially a man who's a, what they call a high value man, a man of some worth, he have business dealings, you know, you you have to add to that. Um but yeah, I didn't see anything went wrong with Gene Kelly's. He it, he was honest with her and then so let's talk about Emma Jean. I'm jumping all over the place. So, guys in the movie, this movie was so realistic for the 50s, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Oh, my oh, God. 
mind. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it gives you a hint of the cunning sexual revolution yes. in the youth culture. You can kind of see yes. it's giving you a foretaste of it. But it's so honest about, you know, people and they're young and they're burgeoning sexual feelings. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at how much candor it was so honest right right and and, uh, and when uh, she when and girl ladies if you don't remember nothing else the pop over please don't pop over by your man house you asking for it I, I've been there <laughs> and they don't want you to up and do it they don't want you're not married to this guy he had this house so he got this out before he don't do it you are asking for you deserve whatever you see the pop over and she popped over Natalie was carried to Marjorie and she got what she she deserved. And Gene Kelly was honest with her about it. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm not gonna give all that away. But um, and like with the dad, George is cracking up. It's true. Um, the dad, I love their relationship. And unfortunately, I think had he not been so busy earning, he and her could have had a more friendlier and tighter relationship. And and he could have helped her chose a better man. I don't think she would have felt have fallen in love so quickly with the Noel Airmans of the world because she would have seen her dad would have helped her know how to spot a more quality guy. Um, let's talk about the other guys real quick because we kind of we all we running out of time, but it's it's okay, guys. You know how we roll. So real quick, Marty Balsam's character, Doctor David Harris, Wiley, um, and the and Mister Lamb, the lawyer. They ain't staying a chance, did they? Especially, so, uh, Dr. David Harris, he was Marjorie's first victim, wasn't he? <laughs> it was. I felt so bad for him. Because he was a really nice man. Yeah, he was older, and he wasn't, like, really great looking. But he was kind. He was a professional. He could have taken... And you can tell he idolized Marjorie. You yes. Tell that he did. All you the know, men like, idolized her, except Noel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one she first after. I know, you're right. That's well, how it goes. Def- that's how it goes. The one you yeah. want, they don't want you. Not not the way you want them. It, that, that's just, that's how it is. But I liked how realistic it was, how he he didn't try to force the issue or anything like that. He just shook her hand and he bounced, you know. Um, Wally, he he was in love with the, the, the theater sensation, um, the writer. And, and of course, Gene Kelly, he was jealous. That's another artist attribute yeah. he had. And that 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 led to a lot of his downfall. So we, I'm leaving a lot of out. Now I don't know about you, her and the lawyer. I thought something. I don't want to give away too much, but that the in the uh the outcome of that kind of shocked me. How about you? What did you think? Uh, the lawyer, Mr. Lamb, Sandy Lamb. Yeah, I I was a little surprised with that too, Moya. Right. Uh, I thought maybe there might have been a little something that could have developed, but didn't go anywhere yeah i was trying not to give it away i I want the audience um yeah i was hoping you wouldn't say that but um yeah so you know y'all y'all look at it we saw it for free on youtube and of course hit my hand i don't remember the um (laughs) the young lady's name who i saw it on but it is free on youtube um but yeah so and so we're not going to give away the ending um but Wally, the theater director, uh, the theater writer, he helps Marjorie. So, look, look we can't say this, Marjorie. Um, Marjorie. <laughs> Georgia, what did you think about when, um, and I, I don't want to give away too much. Would you have done what Marjorie did 
when Gene Kelly left, what would you have done? I would not have done what she did. Okay. Uh, to go, uh, the way she handled I it. I would have taken that as a clear signal. He was, <laughs> he needed to go and lick his wounds and that's it. He, he would have, yeah. Well, what, what about 20 year old Georgia? What about 20 year old Georgia? Oh, I might have done that. I might yeah. Have... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Girl, George might have done that. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Because, you know, Moya, I, I had made the mistake when I was that age. I would see a man the way I hoped he would be versus who yes. he really was. Yes, thank that's you. mistake that I made. And that's, that, and that's what she does. She does the same thing. So I totally understand this character. Yes. And see, the thing is, is there's... There's relationships, they depict it where there there's indecisiveness that plague some people in relationships. And this is also a theme yes. in this relationship as with him. So the 20-year-old me, yeah, I yeah. I have yeah, I think I might have done that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And um like I said, we I, we don't want to give away too much, but I honestly say as as now I said, you know no way but yeah the 20 year old me and that's so ladies please look at older women make your younger daughters or friends sit down and look or relatives men and women because you can learn how to be a woman what to do and not what and what to do parents life lessons for you all too and men what to do and what not to do i thought everybody was um was was I, like I said, this movie was pretty dead on, spot on about how relationships work. And I really appreciate the honesty. And I found out real quick before we go that the book ends differently than the movie, Georgia. So I, I'll tell you after we, yeah, it's a wrap what happened. But yeah, so the book definitely ends differently. I'm leaving a lot out, but I think I got out what I want to say, Georgia. I'm going to leave you the last word. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't want this to be a downer or anything, but you know, I saw this movie and it made me feel very wistful. I wish that I'd seen this movie maybe when I was, before I started dating. And I think I would have learned a lot from it and then maybe had a discussion with like maybe another woman older than me. And I think that it would have really um, opened my eyes and taught me quite a bit. So I just wish that I had seen it when I was younger because I encourage you to, uh, if you know a young woman in your life who is about ready to embark on the treacherous seas of dating <laughs> and relationship and all that, this is a movie for her to watch and for her to discuss it with somebody. Yeah. I, I couldn't give a movie much higher praise or recommendation than that for being so applicable to life lessons. Absolutely. So please go and check out 1958's Marjorie Morningstar starring the just so cute and just in her a uh, breakout adult role, Miss Natalie Wood, R.I.P. And we're like, R.I.P. everybody in here, but <laughs> and uh Gene Kelly, Marjorie Morningstar. It's on YouTube for free. Hit us up on our Facebook page, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Let us know what you think. We're also on YouTube. We have some videos on there as well. I'm Moya. 
And I'm Georgia. For How Betty Davis Saved My Life, we are so grateful for our audience. Thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Show sure.